Hey, White Sox fans, uh, in just the space of like a day, we've found a name. We um, very briefly were Chicago Baseball Podcast. Now we are uh, officially uh, logo pending. Uh, it may be on this post. Who knows? You may actually see the new look of what was the Southside Sox Podcast. Now, Sox Populi, uh, that is the banner we are recording under, including this program, which turns out to be, I mean, let's face it, let's be honest, it is a post-game podcast. It's not really a White Sox post-game podcast, which is what the other dozen or so have been uh, proceeding. Uh, this is really more like a Team USA, World Baseball classic uh, post-game podcast, but whatever it is, it just happens to be that uh, I am recording uh, late night uh, after Team USA's big win with uh, Hannah Lamana and Melissa sage Um and, of course, I'm Brett Valentini here yet again with you. Thank you for not kicking me off the podcast, whatever the name is, yet. I know it's it's really for me. It's just podcast by podcast, day to day. Uh, let's talk first uh, about the game we just saw, which, uh, as uh, Melissa and I were just briefly going over before we recorded, it seemed like for about a frame or two, it was a little bit touch and go and tight. It seemed like um, Cuba could run with Team USA, but... A team USA prevailed in pretty decisive fashion. Uh, thoughts on the game and the fact that the uh, the U.S. is going to the championship game? Uh, so, honestly, I'm very, very excited for this championship game now. We obviously don't know who it's going to be against. But, honestly, they've just been rolling through these teams, and I just feel like it's, it's like an all-star game. You know, we just get to see the best of the best, and – it's always great that we have some White Sox of our own representing the team. And I thought today was specifically just fun to watch because of uh, Moncada and Robert headlining Cuba and Team Cuba and just getting to see like them go against Timmy, uh, Tim Anderson. Like, I think they, they hit a few, I think Moncada hit a ball to Tim Anderson. And I was just kind of like, never thought I'd see that. <laughs> exactly. so it was just, you know, just something fun to watch. And I'm really excited uh, to see who they go against. I'm a little nervous because obviously Japan is a big threat and we kind of got blown out against Mexico. So mm-hmm. I don't really know what's going to go on with that, but obviously just really excited to see where it goes. Hopefully Tim is back out there. And, um, yeah, it's just been, it's, it's been great to watch so far. And especially to see the fans come out in both, uh, Arizona and Miami is just very cool. This is how good the White Sox are. Basically, the World Baseball Classic just, it's just their scrimmage. It's just an, an inner squad scrimmage at this point. That's how great the Southsiders are. Okay. Well, maybe not. Uh, uh Melissa takes away, takeaways and, and thoughts from, um, from this latest win for, uh, they're, they're getting like bigger and bigger. Um, well, I think seeing Wainwright get out of that mess in the first inning, like him being a veteran, it, it, I think that would really played well into that situation because, you know, you could see a lot of younger pitchers and that, you know, bases loaded, nobody out in this big pressure game, just kind of let it all go. And gosh knows we've seen that on the White Sox end before. So I thought that was just really good baseball. Um, you know, the, cause it was just like blooper after blooper. And, and, and to me, that was just really cool, um, to watch. And then, yeah, I enjoyed seeing, uh, Yoan and, and Luis as well. Cause I think TA and Mancada at one time when Mancada was at second base, they were kind of like joking around together, which is kind of fun. Um, but it's just, yeah, it's been super exciting. Um, I think that moving forward, you know, I expect my expectations was to see the U S in the championship game, like, 
we have the talent, like we should be there. And so my expectations are met about them being there, but now Japan and, you know, clearly we got our pants beat off us by Mexico. So it'll be interesting to see, but I'll be there watching. No doubt about it. Now, white, uh, the, <laughs> the white, I just call them the White Sox now because there's three guys on the team. So yes, the, the White Sox, aka Team USA, uh, scored in every inning, but the seventh didn't need the ninth. Uh, what is the, you know, I'm just a world baseball classic newbie, unlike you two, and we'll get to that soon enough. But, uh, there's a 10 run rule. Are we at a point in the single elimination where 10 run rule doesn't play out? Uh, clearly they end up winning by 12. They, they were up by 10 by the sixth inning. Does not, that not play into it? Uh, educate me if you know. And, okay. And we don't know. So I, I don't know what, what's up with that. I will say that Team USA was way more efficient in their, uh, in their run production, given the fact that they only out hit Cuba by, by two hits, 14 to 12. Uh, and yet a lot of those extra bases and a lot of those came uh, clutch, I think five for 13, uh, with runners on base. So clearly they turned 14 hits into 14 runs. Uh, Cuba was not nearly so lucky and that speak to some, uh, d- defense and pitching as well. Um, and home run power. I mean, yeah, no tonight the home runs came out like crazy. So, and Trey Turner is earning all of his money. <laughs> yeah, really, before the season starts, exactly. It's just I mean, freebie. Yeah, he's he's putting on the show for everybody. Like, if you were questioning whether or not my contract was worth it, I'm showing mm-hmm. you that my contract was worth it. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I was gonna say that because also it's like he's probably the best ninth hitter to ever exist in this in this <laughs> tournament because he's in the nine hitter and it's like that's how you know that this lineup is so stacked when you have your nine hitter hitting a go-ahead grand slam last night and then his homers today it's just it's just unreal and honestly like you can't really you know ask for anything better you know yeah yeah that's true okay let's recount uh as best as i can tell we're going to get validation from her here very shortly uh hannah's last 48 hours it involves flying from the Chicago area to Miami to catch World Baseball Classic, coming back relatively, I think, quick turnaround, but she'll confirm these details for me, Um, covering a game for Southside Sox today because, you know, she's got some bonus energy, so why not? Meaningless a spring training game, but it turned out to be key for Hannah, first win. Uh, But then also, by the time it's time to write up that game, Team USA is back on, and you got one eye on the recap and one eye on the game starting back when it was actually sort of close and maybe tense, and there was maybe some doubt uh, whether the U.S. would be able to pull it off. Uh, Hannah, am I close at all in terms of of uh, uh, encapsulating uh, your whirlwind uh, weekend? Yeah, you're you're close. <laughs> Honestly, that that shows how much I love baseball. Uh, to go into more depth, I remember uh, the last podcast that we did. Last week, at the end of it, I was going to mention, oh, I might possibly be going to the World Baseball Classic because I was probably like 20% chance going at that point um, because basically a friend of mine had been Miami and, you know, I watched baseball with her a lot. She's a Yankees fan, unfortunately, but it's okay. We put our differences aside and I was like, hey, oh my gosh, like how funny is this? You're going to be in Miami at the same time as the World Baseball Classic. She was like, yeah, you should come. And I was like, oh yeah, that's so funny. I don't like that. And then all of a sudden, next thing I know, probably like two days later, I was buying a flight 
uh, getting tickets to the World Baseball Classic. At the time, I had no idea who was going to play. It was still to be announced. And it ended up being Mexico versus Puerto Rico. And we just went. And it was Friday night. And um, I was I, I went home on Saturday. So we saw the game on Friday night. Uh, had a quick turnaround. Had to be at the airport at like 9 a.m. Uh, Saturday morning. And then my flight got delayed, whatever. I was there for like eight hours. Uh-huh. Got back last night quick turnaround, slept as much as I could to catch up on sleep because you don't get sleep in Miami, and then had to write the um, game thread <laughs> for today's uh, game, watch the game today, wrote the post game right as the World Baseball Classic game was starting, finished the post game during the World Baseball Classic, finished up watching the World Baseball Classic, and now I'm here. So <laughs> I love baseball. <laughs> I love my experiences. I got myself a little souvenir from the World Baseball Classic. I had to do that. <laughs> and I... I honestly like don't regret it one bit about, yeah, I raced over there last minute to catch a game in Miami, had never been to Miami before, had never been to Lone Depot Park, but it was like one of the best experiences I you can have as a baseball fan. And I think that it's so rare, especially how, I mean, it hasn't been a thing for a while and it's usually over four years. So I'm just so like grateful that I got the opportunity to to see the game and just to be in that environment and it was amazing like I'm sure Melissa you could say the same about just like what a a crazy different environment it is no matter who the teams are no matter who's playing just like the energy and just like people coming together to root for their country and the team that they love and especially like it it was just it was just amazing like everywhere i turned everybody was standing up the entire time everybody was was chanting and and everybody was having so much fun too like there was no pressure it seemed like even from like the puerto rico fans when they were down in the game they were still just happy to be there they were happy to be like representing their team and um we got there a little late but we caught the very first like walking in in the first inning javier baez and eddie rosario hit their back to back home runs and it was just insane. It was amazing. Like everybody was just, you know, it, it was just a great atmosphere to be at. And I'm just so glad that I got to go. And, you know, it was kind of funny because like Team USA was playing the next day as I was leaving. And I was like, dang, but, you know, I was just, I was just grateful to see whatever teams I could. It didn't matter who was there. Yeah. Uh, let me say, Hannah, it, it doesn't look like you've gotten five minutes of sleep in the last two days. Uh, you know, you're, you're, you're showing up well, energetic, uh, thoughtful. So, uh, well done. I would never know. So, you know, if I didn't have that inside scoop, I would never know. Uh, this is something that Melissa and Sage brought up on the last podcast, not a post game podcast, but it was still, uh, substantially a world baseball classic podcast. And uh, one of the things Melissa spoke to, and of course I'll let you actually talk at some point, uh, Melissa, uh, was just the fact that you're, you know, you're sitting, you're, you're, you're rooting now in, in Melissa's case, you're rooting for, you know, the U S team because she got to see a U.S. game, but, uh, you probably found yourself next to, I mean, obviously you went with a Yankees fan, which is, I mean, again, sort of got a question in there, but what are you going to do? Friends, a friend. Uh, but I mean, I imagine your row was filled with a number of different teams fans. It's not like going to Sox park where essentially you're with Sox fans. You better be with Sox fans or you're sitting in the wrong section. Yeah, uh, funny enough, I actually had to use my dad's jersey because all of my stuff is at my college apartment and I had no idea I was even, you know, gonna sure. be going to the game. So I was like, I don't even have a socks jersey to represent. Luckily, my dad saved me. Shout out to him. So I was wearing my socks jersey too. She's wearing here and he's at. And yeah, I mean, the section that I was in was mostly Puerto Rico fans. I'd say honestly, like the whole ballpark was probably like 65% Puerto Rico fans and then the, the rest, uh, Mexico fans, but 
I just loved like, you know, there was music, everywhere. it was a loud, fun environment. And I just noticed, I just, I was like kind of people watching just because it was so cool to me just to see like what was going on and everything. And yeah, it was just, it was a completely different environment. And like, in my case, I was just there to watch both of the teams had fun, have fun. Mm-hmm. I didn't have any stress because right. obviously going to a White Sox game is just either stressful or miserable the entire time. Or I mean, you got to like write a recap during it. So yeah, yeah. Yeah. Or I'm, or I'm busy working during it, but <laughs> this time it was just, it was just nice to sit back and enjoy it and just to watch all these players and the emotion with the, you know, the players and the fans and everybody and um everybody kind of coming together even at some points you know and that was just like what made it so special to me is is that and then there was a few instances where even like I saw like one other person with a socks um <laughs> jersey and they were like white socks and I was like <laughs> <laughs> and then um I didn't even know who was on the back of the jersey cuz it was my dad's like for a second and they were like Canerco and I was like what <laughs> it was like me and I was like oh yeah like, yes Canerco um, so it, it's really cool. I, I was also just like seeing a, a lot of different, um, jerseys being represented as well. Even just, there was a few fans of Cuba there, a few fans of Japan there, just like a lot. Like it didn't matter. Everybody was just there at the end of the day to watch the game. So it was very special. So Hannah admits she sort of walked into the bedlam because, uh, you know, wasn't there necessarily for any sort of pregame and that. So you're really into the eye of the hurricane. Melissa, I assume that you and Sage got there, you know, certainly before first pitch. Uh, was there more of a buildup for you in your Arizona experience watching the team to say Columbia game? Um, or was that pretty intense almost from the, the minute you guys stepped in? Yeah, I mean, we, I, I love to be the person who gets there, like when the gates open or like nerdy like that, whether it's like <laughs> Disneyland or Disney World, the White Sox games, we're like rope drop people. Um, <laughs> and, and that, and I'm in like, I do, like I sleep in for everything, but like the only thing I'll ever get up early for is baseball and Disney. So, um, so yeah, we were there as soon as it opened and yeah, you could feel the energy like as soon as you got in there because there were tons of people like Mm -hmm. there at the gate ready to get in. I mean, there were lines all at the different entrances to the stadium everywhere. And, um, like we of course wanted to get something cool from the baseball classic too. So like the lines around the store were like huge. And so it was, yeah, there was like really no buildup. It was like, you walked in and it was like, boom, you're here. Like, this is a big deal. It wasn't like your regular, you know, game when people kind of like trickle in. And I mean, the whole side, both sides um, were lined up with people watching, you know, the batting practice and pitching and all that. Cause that, that was all going on. I mean, there were, there were like Lance Lynn through a bullpen session. So I like watched him and then the outfielders were doing stuff and infielders. And so like, it was just, chaos like right away which was super cool because you know as fans you play off that energy like Mm -hmm. the more exciting the environment is the more excited you get about things so Mm um that's what I think was a way different than just like a regular baseball game or like an exhibition game too Mm -hmm. I guess I've never been to an all-star game so I can't say Mm -hmm. but I feel like that's it's cool like the players are excited to be there but I also don't feel like they're like dialed in like we gotta win this game it's more like meet and greet other players yeah. and like, oh, I never thought I'd play in the same team as so-and-so and where I feel like this is like, we've got to win. And we're, and they were like, so focused, like, you know, we were like screaming at Lance Lynn and everything. And like, he wouldn't even like, he wouldn't even look over. He was just like laser focused. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, yeah. Uh, heck, other sports, I mean, they don't even treat the game as a game anymore, right? It's it's basically like a, it's like a, a schoolyard game where, like, somebody's a captain and they're picking players or it's like the world against the – I mean, I don't know if the All-Star game will return to that. I sort of doubt it with baseball given it's longer – a standing tradition of going close to a hundred years, Chicago at a hundred years, 2033 coming to Chicago next. Um, but, uh, okay. And also a shout out to Sage very decked out, uh, yesterday, even both, um, Southside hip pen, uh, T public wear and the team USA hat, uh, looking very dark, uh, dapper and sharp. Uh, here's a question for both of you. And that is, um, Obviously, uh, Melissa, with uh, going to a game where there were three White Sox and Lance Lynn uh, at least available to be screamed at, although not responding. Um, so you had a little bit of uh, uh, maybe a little different vested interest in your actual players. But in in, in this case, and it's not an all-star game, we're t- we're, there's a lot of passion in the in the stands and and the guys playing aren't the guys you're usually rooting for. Was it difficult novel challenging in any way to sort of get caught up in those games and sort of get swept up into you know cheering for a guy who might be in the other league or maybe even a division rival but you know he's maybe either because he's playing for us in melissa's case or just because you're caught up in the in the the greatness of the the battle in in hannah's case uh, was it sort of easy to get swept up because there was so much emotion uh, in watching both these games to me it was cool because in what world am I ever going to get to cheer for Mike Trout, right? Because mm-hmm. he's certainly never going to be on the White Sox. And if he's playing against the White Sox, I'm against him, right? Yeah. And so, like, and also with, like, Mookie Butts, for example, like, I, I never really, you know, with him playing for the Dodgers, like, we just, National League, I don't really follow it unless they're playing the Sox. And, like, how really incredible he is. So it was, like, super easy to get on the Mookie Betts train. I was like, oh, my gosh, this guy can play defense. He can hit. You know, he he gets everybody pumped up. Like, he was always, you know, putting his arms up and getting the energy going. And so, to me, that was one of the super cool parts of going to the game and watching the games on TV now because it's like, no matter who's coming up for the U.S., I'm really excited. Maybe I knew a little bit about them, but I'm getting to see them more as like players. And then, yeah, getting to cheer for them because when they come to the South side, I'll be cheering against them. So I just thought, I think that's one of the really unique, cool parts of the experience. Or Melissa, Ken Williams gets his man. And that means they come to play for the White Sox when they're 45 years old and they're not so good anymore. We will get to root for Mike Trout, but yeah, he'll be 56 and yeah, he'll have one leg or whatever. Uh, (laughs) Hannah, you had an even different wrinkle because you really didn't have any true vested interest, at least in terms of being the U S team. You missed that by a a day and the players on the field were by and large, uh, not anybody connected to your fandom. Uh, so was it still sort of easy to get uh, swept up for who you're, you know, who you were there to watch? Honestly, for me, the main thing I looked at was, all right, who's on the Cubs or a former Cub? Who's a guardian or a former guardian? <laughs> Who is a twin or a former twin? All right. I don't like them. That's a great rule. <laughs> right. And Marcus Stroman was starting and I was like, ugh. Um, and, <laughs> I looked up and, you know, I was like, oh, Eddie Rosario, like former guardian. Oh, Javi Baez won in 2016 with the Cubs. Like, oh, darn. When they had back-to-back home runs, I was like, hey. But at the same time, I think what really, obviously I have, you know, I had 50-50 for Puerto Rico and Mexico. I had, I was not even like, oh, maybe I want them to win. Maybe I want them to win. I was just there to see. Um, I think what made, I was kind of rooting for Puerto Rico, I'd say, just because of the fact that of their fans. I feel like their fans really like got me into the game mm-hmm. and just like seeing their passion and how loud they were and 
you know, they brought like music in and they're bringing drums in, they're playing instruments and it was amazing. And they were, you know, singing their songs and everything. And I, I was like, wow, I like really like this environment. This is really cool. And it kind of just like happened where they were just going crazy and they were having so much fun. And and I just found myself cheering with them because there's people, a lot of the people next to us in our section, at least were Puerto Rico fans. Um, and a few times, like they're like looking at us and like we were cheering with them and we, you know, it was just kind of like connecting with them. Um, and some of the people we were sitting by like right next to, you know, was seeing, seeing them too. Um, so I think that's what like made a difference for me was just kind of like seeing how, seeing how dedicated those players and those fans were um, for for each side, but being specifically closer to a more Puerto Rico fan section, I'd say. Um, but yeah, I mean, like as it came, when it came to players, I, I really didn't care because there was nobody that I was like, Oh, I hate, like, I hate this player, you know, like maybe, you know, former, the former Cubs and guardians, like that sucks, but whatever, I'll try and be a little bit mature because it's a world baseball classic. Um, so that, that was great to see because we, I got saw, uh, I saw Randy Rosarina on Mexico. Who's just, he's just mm-hmm. very fun to watch. He's a very fun player to watch. And he had a really good catch late in the game mm-hmm. and everyone was going crazy for that. Yeah, saved the game. Yeah. Yeah. And Alex Verdugo was out there too for Mexico. And then you get to see Francisco Lindor for Puerto Rico and Javi Baez. And, you know, they're, it's fun. They're fun players to watch. They're electric uh, on both sides. So I think that was really fun to me because I, I couldn't even find like one connection to the Sox. I was like, Oh, is anyone yeah. former Sox players? Is anyone, you know, anything? So I was right. like, no. Okay. Well, I'll just go to my next mechanism, which is rooting against the players that are Sox rivals. Yeah. So I'm into that. But at the same time, I really didn't. I didn't get, get that deep into it. But um, there was one instance where I, I thought it was funny. I uh, th- They were doing the wave and I'm banned by my dad from doing the wave in the White Sox park. So I saw it and I was like, <laughs> I texted him. I said, is it okay if I do the wave? And he said, I don't condone that behavior, but have fun. So I was like, I'm going to do it. And I did the wave for the first time ever. And it was a vibe. It was great. And Hannah, you did it in his jersey. So his jersey did the wave. Yeah. that's He needs to rethink that one. He better not give that advice again. Yeah. Yeah, Sorry, Pops. going to hear this. Sorry, Dad. But, you know, it was just, I was allowed to do the wave for for one (laughs) time and I just embraced it. And my friend was like, why do you care this much about the wave? I was like, you don't understand. (laughs) But, um, yeah, it was just, it was just really fun. Obviously, I didn't have any stress watching the game either. That made it, made it fun. So I was just rooting for whoever. I was just rooting for both of them to have fun, you know? Javier Baez is a challenge. People think that I or Southside Sox or White Sox fans like hate Javi Baez. I'm not sure anybody really has hate for Javi Baez. Uh, he's fun to sort of like make fun of because there's so much hype, especially when it was with the Cubs, but it's continued uh, into Detroit. So much hype associated with this game where he does a no-look tag and it's like, no, that's called a tag. He does a, he does, he does those cool um, um, swim, swimming uh, slides, which he did, I believe, in, in the game and stealing third base in the game you saw, Hannah. And that's cool, but you know, again, that's also fundamental baseball. He does execute it very well and I think it's hard to root against him in the game you saw Hannah, because I think any ball he swung and missed at was probably within three feet of the plate. So you couldn't really make fun of him for that. So Javi, we love you, Detroit Tigers fans. You, just, you sort of don't matter. I mean, you're, are you our rivals? I guess you are. Uh, anyway, wow, we're getting right into the regular season here. Hey, you know, we do not have commercial breaks at the moment uh, because we don't have commercials on our new fans first 
Sports Network. I think that's what it's called. I'm going to get all this stuff figured out. If I was smart, I'd have it all written up here and I'd just like act real suave and just, you know, read right off the card and, and give you guys some really spiffy, spiffy language. But there's no spiffy language here. We are uh, transitioning to uh, FFSN, uh, which is a network that is mostly made up of deposed uh, Vox, uh, SB Nation uh, podcasts, as um, most of you listening probably are at least somewhat aware. Uh, well, some sites were frankly even uh, shut down. I believe they shut down all the NHL, uh, et cetera. But uh, more than that, they they cut a little deeper into podcasts, including say maybe 25 of 30 uh, baseball podcasts. Just about all of those have moved over to this sort of coalition that we put together um, called the Fans First Sports Network. Uh, that's what they tell me it is. I don't have it written here, so I think that's what it's called. But anyway, we're part of that network. And that uh, the benefit to you uh, as a listener and as a reader of Southside Sox, uh, and as a viewer on YouTube, is uh, we're probably going to be doing a lot more um, cross-team activity. Crystal Key from our site has sort of volunteered or is interested in doing some uh, series preview type of podcasting, uh, where we'll be talking likely to someone from one of our uh, brother-sister sites uh, on the network. Um, so that's something that we really, I don't know that we've ever done. If we've done it, it's been incidental, maybe talking to a, a Cubs podcaster. Um, I know there's been a handful over the 350 or so we've done uh, at SB Nation. So that's something you'll see more of. There'll be other changes as well, but I think there's going to be a little bit more uh, integration uh, between teams. Uh, we're going to have national podcasts, including people from our site are going to be doing something that might be considered more national podcasts because it's not going to just be White Sox specific. So there's a lot of interesting changes to come. Once we do get that logo, which I promise you will be um, very tickled by, once we do get our logo, I think, you know, we will put a post on site. Um, maybe we'll even do a special podcast talking about or whatever and go through maybe some more details but they still are sort of being thrown together uh, as we go this is happening very quickly uh it was supposed to be the end of the month when we actually got this we ended up getting it faster from vox thank you vox that was a nice gesture so we're able to uh get a little bit uh you know get our feet wet uh before opening day which would have been <laughs> sort of rough uh so i'm glad we've had a, a chance to at least start this tra transition get our logo let's say, um, you know, before opening day, because we had a lot more podcasts to come between now and then. And that's just like two weeks. We had a lot to squeeze in here, uh, including the second half or the small part of uh, the post-commercial, the post-non-commercial break. Uh, and so one goofy question I want to ask, and this applies a little less to Melissa, but uh, certainly can answer. Um, I'm curious because these are just, this is sort of a fly-by-night kind of situation uh, with, with all these teams and where they're playing. But I am curious were there uh, regional country foods available in the concessions for these games? Um, I personally, I don't know, because we tried to minimally get up. Um, but there was, uh, I don't, I don't know. I can't answer that confidently, honestly. I don't know if there was, I would be smart if there was, but. Yeah, I can't either because we we got up once and we went and got something to eat. Like it's kind of almost as we got settled into our seats and we got something and we never left. So mm -hmm. I don't know, but yeah, that would be a great a great thing for you know people to enjoy part of their culture while they were there watching a game too. But no, not that I know of. 
I wouldn't be me if I didn't ask a dumb question. So that one's off the board now, and there's probably time for a couple more. And one I want to know is just maybe a brief take from both of you. Uh, we've heard criticism and we've seen injuries. Uh, Jose Altuve is, is the latest to have a significant injury suffered um, in this tournament, which, of course, could have very easily happened in the spring training game he would have been playing in that day. Uh, but the pushback against the WBC, it's been... I want to say it's been a very small group of people, but they, you know, as as the opposing party uh, usually is, is still very vocal in getting getting attention. Uh, your thoughts on whether this is uh, appropriate for major league players to be uh, even doing the timing of the tournament? Uh, I know how I stand. I think it's fine as it is. Uh, but uh, where do you weigh in on that? Uh, personally, I. I'm against the critics. I think that there's no better way for baseball to come together than mm. everybody representing their countries. And I think that it's at a great time in the season because it's spring training, right? It, you know, at this point in spring training, we're a little bit more than halfway through. People are kind of, you know, it's just like, eh, you know, you're just kind of waiting for the regular season. So to have this, yeah. So to have this at this point in a baseball that matters in March is very fun to watch. And you kind of get a big league feel and this intensity and stuff going into the season, which I personally think helps mm-hmm. players, right? You're facing some of the best people um, in the league or outside of the league, whoever it might be. And you're in these really big, fun, great environments. So I think that there's no better way to get introduced to the regular season than doing that. And I think that, yes, the injuries is rough, uh, but those same things could happen in spring training. They could happen off the field. They're, they're freak injuries. And it's, it's very hard because, you know, maybe my opinion would be different if it was my if it was my star player and that happened to them and they're out for the season. Um but yeah, I just I just I get I get their side, I really do, but but at the same time, this means so much to so many people. Uh people from different countries, people who are being represented that aren't in the in the major leagues. And I think that it's it's great and it's a great way for people to just come together. I'm a hundred percent with Hannah and like everything I've read to when players have been interviewed Mm -hmm. that they, you know, I think as long as a player wants to do it and they've talked to their team and their team is on board with it, I I see no reason why it shouldn't be allowed to, to happen. Um, It's a, you know, mutual situation and they've all said how much it means to them. And um, timing wise, I think it's a great time. Uh, I've also heard people talk about at the end of the season, after the World Series, I could see that could possibly work. I, You know, if, if they wanted to play around with times, I think that that could maybe be an option. Um, but at the same time, I think this does work because of the ramp up and, you know, the, the players are seeing real pitching and real, you know, real hitters yeah. and things like that. So it's very close to what they'd be doing if they were with their teams. The, the only, I guess possible negative point is that some of those key players aren't with their team doing the chemistry part of it. Um, And with the White Sox having such an issue with chemistry, apparently last year, um, that's one of the things that I've personally thought about is, you know, what effect does it have when you have TA and Lance, especially both, you know, pretty vocal leaders, not in the clubhouse. Um, But then again, I think them being who they are when they come back and they're going to be sharing their experience and pumping up Mm -hmm. their teammates, I could see how it could benefit them. So, you know, it's, it's, 
in my opinion, there's so many more positives that can outweigh the possible negatives. Yeah. And that's in any situation. And this also doesn't happen every year. So yeah. we're not looking at this happening every single spring. Yeah. You know, it's once every three or four or, you know, however many years they decide to to do it at the time. So yeah. contrarians by nature um, are just going to be contrarians. So I'm guessing that some of those people actually did attend World Baseball Classic games. But I'm guessing in most cases, these are people who haven't even gone to the games. Because as I even admitted to you, Melissa, in the last podcast, uh, I haven't been there. I can't even tap into the excitement that you and Sage were sharing and Hannah shared um, here with us uh, today as well uh, of being there and being caught up in something, you know, close as you can imagine is like a playoff atmosphere. But it's, you know, it's also an entirely... Uh, different animal. And what are the options to to play here? You're going to stop the season like uh, hockey's done for the Olympics. I'm sure that'll go over real well. The problem with postseason is, you know, you keep these guys sort of really at, I mean, the White Sox and Cubs used to play a, a city series, which essentially was the World Series in Chicago every year. It was very rare. Of course, the White Sox or Cubs were in the World Series, so they play it every year. And that was intense, but you're going right into, right from the season as if it was the World Series, go right into the season to play it. And if there's any sort of ramp up, that, that might be just too long a season to do it. So this might be really the perfect time as much as, as people want to quibble with it. Okay. Uh, before we go. Let's just get a real quick prediction on what's going to happen here. We don't know the U.S. opponent yet, but we do know the U.S. is playing really well. Hannah, Melissa, do you think they're going to continue to stay hot and manage to take this whole thing? Or is a team like, if it's Japan or whoever manages to get past Japan, uh, you know, ups, upset the U.S.? I, I think I think the U.S. is going to show up. I think they're so pumped after these last two games. Um, and one of the coolest things we haven't talked about yet is the salute. Like every mm-hmm. time they get up, they get a base hit or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, and they get on base and they do the salute. Like that is so cool. Like how patriotic is that? So I think they're like <laughs> super pumped. These these last two games, um, they've got their offense going and now they get a couple days of rest so they can, you know, get their, mm-hmm. their pitching all in line. I and mean, we haven't seen Graveman, so he should definitely be ready to go out of the bullpen. Uh-oh. Um, and yeah, well, he's been doing really well. So yay. <laughs> well, at first I thought, well, you know, if this game's close, man, they're going to bring him in to mm-hmm. close it out, but yeah. that they didn't need that. So I think we're, I think we're in a really good place yeah. because Japan and Mexico are going to be, it's back to back for them. So yeah. um, I, I think us is going to show up and I think they're going to do it. It's going to be fun. Anna, where, think, where is it at? You agree? I think, I think Japan is going to beat Mexico and we're going to go against Japan. And I think that the USA is going to, I think the USA is going to do it, but you never know because Shohei Otani is probably going to pitch in here somewhere. And that's very, very rough to get past. Yeah. So we'll see, but I do think that Japan and USA will be the final. And depending on when Shohei pitches, that kind of has a lot to do with it. So we'll see. It's going to be a really a must see game. And hey, chances are. I mean, we know the U.S. is in the championship, but we we may do a post game podcast just for that. It's not going to, you know, it's not going to be like by invite only because you know only people who went to the WCBC get to be in this podcast. Hey, man, we could have, uh, you know, we could have a dozen people excitedly talking about either a great game, hopefully at least a great game, and maybe a uh, a U.S. championship because they don't win every year. This isn't like the like men's basketball team or something where pretty much every year. You know, they've won. Uh, you know, this is this is really anybody's game. And it still is because the U.S. probably still isn't necessarily the favorites against Japan. The U.S. is underdog in baseball. The game we created. That's crazy. Hey, anyhow, we're running out of time. Sox Populi is back. It's here. It never left. Whatever it is. Thank you, Hannah LaMata. Get some rest now. <laughs> See you next Sunday. And Melissa St. Folbach, thank you for uh, joining me on this. And we'll be back sooner than you are ready for us with another post-game podcast.